the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. politics, politics, history, history, and current events. Current events. now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The Detroit Tigers celebrated America's birthday with a pair of wins over the Cleveland Guardians this past Monday. Miguel Cabrera singled to plate Riley Green and Willie Castro. Javier Baez singled to send home Jonathan Scope and Tucker Barnhart doubled to score Scope as Garrett Hill won his Major League debut in the Tigers' 4-1 victory in Game 1, which was followed by Jonathan Scope scoring on a ground ball by Riley Green and singling to plate Eric Haas, Harold Castro being sent home on a ground ball by Victor Reyes, Green singling to score Spencer Torkelson, Haas belting a solo homer, and Tyler Alexander earning his second win of the season in Detroit's 5-3 triumph in the second game. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. Yes, I am back. I have power in my studio. I, I, I have internet in my studio. I can actually reach out and talk to you now. And I missed you folks, and I'm glad to be back. Uh, Pastor Richard Dietering here. And uh, I want to thank my co-hosts and Derek for covering last week for me when I was without power or internet in my studio. And uh, I had to sit in my car and listen to the show. And boy, did I want to just be my usual self and interject myself into every part of the conversation. And I couldn't because, well, as Ed pointed out, he says, you could have called in. No, I couldn't, Ed. I had no power and my phone was dead. I had just enough phone left to call you up and say, hey, I may not be able to get on air today. Cover for me. So, <laughs> so I'm here in my car listening and uh, realizing now as I have this conversation, I had a car charger in my glove box, <laughs> so I could have plugged in and called in. But uh, good guy, good, uh, good show, guys. Last week, really enjoyed it. Um, I was I was sitting there as you were talking Ed, about the uh, Civil War, about the turning point that uh, of the Battle of Gettysburg. I wanted to recommend everyone see the movie Gettysburg. It's actually really, really. Uh, really good and accurate in a lot of ways. I mean, there's some parts of the conversation in the movies where they had to fill in the spots being Hollywood. They can't just have pictures up like a documentary. But for a movie, it's actually quite accurate, movie Gettysburg. And uh, love the actor who played um, um, Longstreet. Yeah, Ed. Uh, Mike, I can't, I, Ed, you, you don't have a mic, so I'm going to just keep talking. Dog, until the I, dog was barking. Go. Sorry, the dog okay. was barking. So I wanted to confess to a sin. I actually made a mistake last week, it's, and I'm going to own up to it. I was referring to the Gettysburg Address at one point, and I really meant the second inaugural and um, uh, I, as, as a very powerful speech. So here is that. Yeah, both, both are, actually. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, yeah, and then as you were talking about the turning point, I'm sitting there saying, he's talking about the turning point of the Civil War in Gettysburg. Yeah, things started to turn there, but what actually turned the Civil War was the, uh, the Wilderness Battle. And uh, Grant actually, do you know at the Wilderness Battle, uh, Grant actually wept in his in his in his tent because it was just so bloody um and uh he actually thought he lost that but in the end lee lost that battle but so many dreadful deaths in that battle read about it it's uh it's an amazing and awful and terrifying point in human history but it's a reminder that um hey uh we we had adopted in this nation the terrible the terrible ideology of slavery and it took a lot of men who were willing to fight for the freedom of of other brothers, uh, other humans, so that they could be free. And heavy prices were paid for the freedom of a terrible uh, institution of slavery that we had in this country. So it's good to remember that. Okay, Ed, yeah. In my defense, last week was the anniversary of Gettysburg and not the yes. wilderness battle. So. I, I, I understand that. I understand okay. that. I, I really do, and uh, and I'm glad you talk about it. It's just I, you know me. If you, I have like bookshelves dedicated to the Civil War. It's one one part of the American history that I tend to tone on, because the because the price that was paid in that war for what they were fighting for was so great. Uh, the price paid and the the end results uh, were so great, and we have to be honest. It was a turning point in American history, and. I'd like to point out it was the Republicans fighting for the freedom, not the Democrats. <laughs> okay, uh, there's there's a commercial now, and I can't, can't remember where the guy is running, um, but he's running for I think it's a state office or it might even be for Congress. Uh, young black man running for office, and he he sits there and he says, "You're not taking my gun from me. That's the only thing that's going to keep me safe from the Democrat KKK." <laughs> so. Um, have you seen that one, Ed? No, I haven't, I, but it falls right in line with what I, I, when William Federer was on my show a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about how it's the it's the Democrats who are trying to take away the guns of of the blacks in order to keep yep. them subjected. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he's sitting there with uh, what looks like an AR-15, and he says, they say well, you can't defend yourself with an AR-15, and it shows a bunch of Democrats running around in KKK outfits, and he says, this is the only, protect, this is the only person that's going to protect me from them. And he touched it himself. Yep. He's running for office. He's, he's a remarkable man. I can't remember his name. I, I wish I could. I've seen his ad three times. And I'm just so caught up with the messaging in that ad that uh, I lose his name. But he's not running. I, he's not in Michigan, I don't think. Yeah. I do remember a few years ago when Steven Spielberg's movie Lincoln came out, I was so shocked at the depiction of the Republican Party and the Democrats in Congress from such a liberal Hollywood director and producer that he portrayed it correctly that Lincoln was a Republican, that the Democrats were sorely, you know, enslaving a people and the, and the battle, it was a political battle. And oh, a couple of days later, I was at work and I was talking to a, a young black man I work with. And I, he said, what'd you do over the weekend? I told him, I said, oh, I went to see this movie Lincoln, you know, about how he freed the slaves. You know, it's, it's, a, it's amazing him being a, uh, the first Republican president. He says, Lincoln was a Democrat. And I said, uh, yeah, and that's the no. fight we have. Yeah, that's the fight. We, they won't teach him that in school. They don't teach him no. anything in history in school. So yeah, that's, a few years. Yeah. 
the, the point I, I always try to make is that that uh, the history is there, even though it is biased too. Uh, you know, if you look on the internet, say for instance, uh, as a matter of fact, I was looking up last night the uh, the uh, compromise of uh, 1776 and the the withdrawing of the troops from the south and taking them out west to fight the Indian Wars. And the compromise included a uh, uh, an agreement between the Republicans and the Democrats that they would not interfere in how they treated the former slaves. And with that, they instituted Jim Crow law in the South. Yet and still, Democrat, head of Democrat Party, Joe, uh, uh, Joe Biden, often says things like, uh, that reminds me of 2.0, Jim Crow 2.0, and things like that, as if it was the Republicans that put Jim Crow law into effect, but it was the Democrats. And, and even on uh, Google, if you Google that agreement, they'll say that the Republicans weren't interested in, in civil rights for the former slaves. So and this well, is I got, kind of misleading that they're doing in our public oh, schools. Major, and, and we're going to get into that a little bit more. But actually, it looks like Joe's on the phone and he actually wants to stay on topic. I'm sitting here, just don't know what to do about this. I don't because, believe <laughs> But I, I believe he's going to. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good guy and he's a man of his word. So, Joe, you want to talk about gardening in the north? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, first... The Civil Rights Act wouldn't have passed, just like the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments to the Constitution, also known as the Republican Amendments. Civil Rights actually would have passed under Eisenhower had they not uh, filibustered it. And it took a Republican, the majority of Republican votes to still pass the civil rights. Majority of Democrats in the House and the Senate still blocked it. And the only reason they didn't filibuster it in the Senate was because Johnson, and I'll let Phil give Johnson's favorite famous quote about having those, uh, you know, what's voting Democrat for the next 200 years, but you were talking about that ad. It is Pastor Jerome Davison, and he is running for Arizona's fourth congressional district. Very good, Arizona. Hey, uh, Phil, you're mute. You're unmuted. There you go. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. I, I knew I seen the ad. It's a remarkable ad, isn't it, Joe? Oh, absolutely. It's fantastic. And we need far more conservative constitutionalist Republicans like him having the balls to run ads like that and not just, you know, for the shock value, but for the education value, because like you are all pointing out, people are so woefully miseducated as to the KKK and the Jim Crow laws, the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment, and the Civil Rights Act. Uh, we need to set these records straight. Well, yeah, I right, love you, brothers. Take care. God bless. Yeah. 
All right. They make so much of the Civil Rights Act, but they will never say anything about the the uh, the filibustering and the the many years that Eisenhower tried to get the civil rights passed, and J Lyndon Johnson blocked it, kept it from you know, uh, kept it from coming before uh, to take a vote. Yeah. Um. All right, uh, just uh, I'm just I'm getting notes from the studio here at the same yeah. time that Bill is talking. So uh, we got a little technical problem. I think we got it taken care of. Uh, so there was a little bit of uh, cross talking going on as Joe was talking. So um, on, on that note, this whole I, this whole conversation, Phil, you will remember this. This was before you were on air with us. You may have been listening. Um, number of years ago, we were having about the same conversation. And Phil, I am sure you're going to remember what happened when as soon as I said a, a young black man, I'm assuming he was, he sounded young, young black man called in and accused Phil of being back on the plantation. You remember that? Phil, he says, how dare you let these people put you back on the plantation to do their work for them? And uh, Phil did not take kindly to that. Well, the, the thing is that um, if there is any plantation to be talked about, it's the plantation that the Democrats laid forth. They they uh, have they have one thing that they've always done, and that is control control the black people vote in the South. That was part of the agreement that they made with the North when they pulled those troops out and let the state of uh, South Carolina and Florida go to the Democrats in the Senate and turn it into a, a, a you know, a, a Democrat state because the senator in in uh, in South Carolina was black, and it was taken over by a guy named Pitchfork, Ben Tillman, and uh, you know this guy was a real piece of work. And uh, he is the one that plotted a lot of the strategy. And he said things like, we, we did everything we could. We cheated, we killed, we used the gun and the rope and everything else. And yet Democrats will tell you, uh, I've been a Democrat all my life. My grandparents were Democrats. And I'm saying, well, which one were you voting for? These racists that you say are in the Republican Party? You know, or the ones that are in the Democrat Party. So, yeah, I, I, it's amazing on how, and the point I wanted to make with that caller that came up so many years ago about the accusation he made of you is you came out as a free thinker and you stepped away from the Democrat Party today. And as soon as you stepped away from the Democrat Party, which is the plantation, in my opinion, um, because you're a free thinker, he got very accusatory and, and attacked you. And uh, I found that quite amazing that uh, it's, it's you as a black so man. so many times they don't stand up, you know. Right. <laughs> you, you as a black man to stand up and say, this is how I feel. If it doesn't go along with the narrative, uh, you're if you don't go along with the narrative of their plantation, you are all of a sudden a bad guy. You are you are evil. Um, as Biden said, if you don't vote for Biden, you're not black, right? Um, uh, so. did, do you know who Steve Harvey is? Yeah. This guy said some of the most 
I mean, just the, the, some of the nastiest things that could ever be said about another person against Herschel Walker. Talked about he was dumb and uh, it, yeah. it just, it, it is just amazing to me uh, that uh, the, these kind of things happen because you don't agree politically. And it's, it, it's a rough thing. And, and we uh, better understand that, that uh, the opposition to abortion and things like that have turned so nasty. That, and, and some of the things that have said, I mean, how, how could you ever uh, reconcile with people that, that think that uh, everything that you believe in has to be what they believe in? Uh, I, I, I can't understand that, but that's, that's what happens. That's why I, I'm not uh, recalling the conversation of that because it, <laughs> it happens <laughs> so much. I mean, you know. Uh, well, you, you took Greta fast. You handle it beautifully. I, I just to remind you, uh, you handle it beautifully. You just laid out the fact that uh, he's the one that is a little bit confused, and uh, that the fact that you speak out to have your own your own mind uh, to cause that sort of reaction um, is proof that uh, <laughs> that they have problems. But neither here nor there. Um, I want to talk about something else coming in, and it kind of leads into this: is the the idea of the Democrat Party selling people on the idea that if they don't get along with them, they are somehow un-American and unconstitutional. And when it's, again, the Democrats that have always had a problem with the Constitution, not the Republicans, <laughs> you know, it, let's just face it. They, uh, they see the Constitution, especially the Bill of Rights, as uh, negative and something that... Uh, uh, gets in their way, as uh, Obama would state. And so now they're talking about how the terrible Republicans did away with the constitutional right of abortion. By the way, never in the Constitution did that make abortion a right, ever, was the uh, abortion a constitutional right. It just wasn't. The right to privacy is what that was passed on, and yet... Uh, there are areas where we don't have privacy. For example, if you murder someone in your house, you don't have privacy. They can come in and get warrants and get the get the evidence to prove that you killed somebody in your living room. And your your privacy is then invaded. It's, it's, they have a right to search and seize under warrant, right? So murder is murder. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. Uh, when they made that... Uh, uh, that statement that they had approved, that the Supreme Court had approved it. If you remember, they said that the right to abortion was found in an obscure clause in the in the uh, in the Constitution that found the right to privacy was the the uh, the the root to. The right to women for women to have un uh, right. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, un um, uh, well, anyway, abortion on demand, basically. Right. And 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 I I wondered how they over the years were able to turn that into a constitutional right. I mean, it from never the was. beginning. 
But let, let's also make something very clear on this to the people that are out there panicking. And I have very dear friends that are very pro-abortion, pro-murder. And they know I call it pro-murder. And they're relatives of mine, but they know my, they know my views and uh, they know I can defend them. And they, they miss one thing, is they did not, they did not get involved in the, what they're saying is this is not a federal constitutional argument. This is a state's argument. Abortion is not illegal in most states. Even with the law where it is now, there are states that still carry out abortions. They've made it, they're just recognizing what it actually should be as a state's right. Myself, I think it should be a human rights issue because of those are those are children, those are living living human beings. But just like the federal government as a overarching rule does not get involved on how a state deals with murder, um, they're not getting involved on how a state deals with abortion. How it, how it is either allowed or not allowed, how it's being punished or not punished. That is a state's issue. So the only thing that happened here is the federal government got out of the decision. And these, these pro-abortion people saying, we want the government outside of our body. The government, federal government has no right to be involved with our bodies, yada, yada, yada. Guess what? They just stepped out of that. They're no longer involved. They got exactly what they wanted. They wanted the federal government out of their, their decision-making process. The federal government got out of the decision-making process. It is now up to the state. They got what they want. I don't see the problem. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> they got exactly what they wanted. They wanted, they, hey, what right, does a bunch of, uh, 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 what right does Congress have to do to say anything that happens with my body? Guess what? Federal government says they don't have a right to that. It's a state's rights issue. So talk to your state's government if you have an issue with what they're doing, not to the federal government. The federal government finally downsized a little bit and got themselves out of the abortion business. How about that? How about them <laughs> staying out of my body with vaccinations? Yeah. <laughs> Where did that argument come from? So the, as I had the conversation with my friends, they said, well, they, they, they need to protect our rights. I said, you just said you wanted the federal government out of that decision-making process. Yeah. So either they are or they are not. Are they going to be part of it or are they not going to be part of it? I say they should be out. If, if it's going to be uh, an issue of is this murder or not, it needs to then be a state's issue, as it is in every state. Let's take a... Uh, Let's take a call from Tim on the phone with a comment about the right to privacy. Yeah, how's it going? How's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Oh, not a problem. What, what's going on so, today? So they, like he was just mentioning, they found the right to an abortion under the right to privacy. Well, if we have a right to privacy, why do I have to register and go through a background check to get my guns? If... I have a right to privacy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, Tim, you're confusing our few Democrat listeners with facts. Don't do that. I'm not confusing our Democrat listeners with facts. We have a couple of them out there. I think we have 19 left. Um, we don't want to lose those 19. Don't give them facts. That makes sense because you will totally confound their thinking process. But you make a very good point. I think I can see the smoke rising from some houses around here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. So, uh, yeah. Uh, as, as for it being a state issue, what needs to happen is an amendment 
needs to be added to, like, let's take Michigan, that allows the state legislature to regulate abortion. Because right now, like the judge did, they can just rule the law unconstitutional, but if we, the people, grant the legislature the power to regulate abortion, then the judges will not be able to just throw them out saying it's unconstitutional because we added it, we added that power to the Constitution. I argue with people a lot of times when they say it's a state's rights issue. Well, states don't have rights. They have powers that we, the people, grant to them. Tim, thank you for the call, and we'll be back after these messages. Pastor Richard Dietering on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Tigers manhandled the Cleveland Guardians 11-4 this past Tuesday. Victor Reyes utilized a pair of singles to plate Jonathan Scope twice and Jamer Candelario. Riley Green smashed two doubles to send home Reyes twice and Candelario. Eric Haas blasted a two-run homer to score Miguel Cabrera in the fourth inning. Cabrera singled to plate Green in the second inning. Candelario drew a bases-loaded walk to send home Cabrera, and Haas scored on a ground ball off the bat of Spencer Torkelson in the sixth inning to round out the Tigers' offensive barrage. Drew Hutchison earned his first win of the season after he struck out two batters and allowed two runs on five hits in five innings of work. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. That's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue because I can't do the boogaloo. I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing, and that's why I sing. Give me, give me that thing. And we are back. And, and I already have. Okay. I, Ed had to put in a ding for me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm a ding-a-ling. What can I say? Oh, give me that ding. Um, having a conversation here about uh, how Democrats are now dealing with this Roe v. Wade being overturned. And, and it's, it's really amazing how they're marketing it. Six to four voted against Dobbs. Five to four voted to overturn Wade uh, or R.V. Wade and everything else. And they're saying now, uh, if you want your abortion rights back, you want to vote Democrat. And the fact is, is then everyone who is pro-abortion is saying, hey, we don't want these these governments involved with the decision making. So the federal government removed itself from that and they're upset about that. I guess there's just no making a Democrat happy. That, that, that's about where we are. They, they say, we want Congress out of it. We don't want them part of the decision-making. We don't want men involved in the decision-making. The federal government took themselves out of it and gave it up to the states. And now I'm reading polls. That state, first of all, and we need to know this, if the governor of Florida ran for vice president, according to a poll out of New York, and I think it was a Harvard poll, um, Kamala Harris would beat the governor of Florida. Uh, by, so would Biden by a narrow margin. However, <laughs> however, if Trump wins, guess what? 
Trump wins in the polls. <laughs> or handing against Harris or Biden. Amazing, right? And this is this was a poll done after the the Supreme Court decision. And they keep talking about these polls where nationally more people are in favor of abortion than not. And I actually received one of those poll calls. And the question is, uh, if you if you state that uh, you are in favor of abortion when the woman's life is at risk, the woman is at risk of dying. Um, if you say that you are in favor of abortion in that, then you are part of the yes, I'm in favor of abortion group automatically. It doesn't allow you to to differentiate from that. It says, nope, that person's in favor. So if you're in favor of abortion, when it's a case of the wife's or, or the mother's life is in danger, this could be a tubular pregnancy or something like that where the child's not going to live anyways. Uh, if you're in favor of abortion, then you go into that yes factor. Next thing is, is the polling structure was overwhelmingly, believe it or not, the numbers taken in in Democrat states, in liberal states. So you, you get this large poll number out of New York and California saying, yeah, we are wanting abortion on demand. And they put that into the polls and it skews the scales. If you go on and you look at the states individually, those numbers start to flip-flop. And by the way, I don't know of a single state that is trying to pass a bill that outlaws abortion even when the mother's life is in danger of dying i don't think there's any restrictions on abortion in michigan i don't think there's any wording in there that says except for but i think uh, they, reasonable they, minds they, would the would 1941 that the, when they adapted that in the 1940s they put that in there that uh it would allow right. abortion yeah when a mother's life was in jeopardy that's right i remember now thanks yep so, uh, so you know, no one wants to because there are there are times where uh, if the mother dies, so does so does the uh, child in the womb. Let's let's just face it. There are times where you have to pick one life over another. It's a hard choice to make. That choice should be the mother's. You know, if there's a chance that the child could live outside, I guess that choice should be the mother's. But uh, and I think that's a reasonable decision. But if you say that you're all of a sudden pro-abortion across the board and you fall into the yes column. So those numbers that you're hearing in the polls are extremely skewed. This is why you see Trump winning the elections even after R.V. Wade and his Supreme Court justices that he put in there approved of it. They forget there were also Supreme Court justices that he didn't approve that voted for it also. It was a six, it was a six to three decision. So only half of them were appointed by Trump and the other half were not. But we cannot just fall into these ideas that the polls show that uh, the war America is in favor of abortion across the board and that uh, this is going to get the election over to Democrats. Because even looking at the poll, this decision has not skewed any of the independents. And guess who the independents are going towards? They're going towards Trump. <laughs> okay? They're supporting Trump. Okay, we got uh, Gary on the phone. Hey, Rick. I think we got Gary. Hey, Gary, how you, how's it going, my friend? Hey, uh, I'm doing well, thank you. You know, the, the stats you were uh, um, talking about just a few minutes ago, that, that's a classic uh, 
way that the de- left and the Democrats, even Republicans, everybody does it. They misuse numbers and stats and use it to manipulate people and how they think and what they want to do. That's that's standard. But, you know, uh, infant mortality rate, mother mortality rate when they were giving birth for centuries was rather high. I, I, I would guess it was someplace in the 30%. Having a baby was really a, a risky thing through most of human history. It's only been right. in the last 100 years or so where um, you're almost guaranteed to have a, a, a normal birth, you know. So they should be very grateful for that in the first place. But, you right. know... Uh, um, about the only place where you really have your biggest issue, it's not the only place, but the biggest place where you'd have an issue would be like a tubular pregnancy or something like like that. Right, right. It's something biological that you can't do anything right. about whatsoever. But, right. uh, you know, Pocahontas... She, she's hysterical. A hundred years ago, they would put her in a freaking home. I mean, the way she's going off about abortion and wanting to kill babies. It, it's just, it, it just boggles my mind that any woman could think as, as diabolical and evil as the way she does. I mean, it, uh, it's just—go ahead. I was just going to say, and I, I, I'm getting texts here from, from people off the line, uh, uh, and the thing of it is, is, and I agree with uh, our, our prior Surgeon General, uh, Coop, who said, you know, it's very rare, very rare where a woman's life would actually be in danger, which is, I don't have a problem with that being in there, but uh, it has to be in danger. I mean, that woman's life has to truly be in danger. Right, but and you, you are correct in the idea also that start... the risks are very, very slim anymore in pregnancies. Right, well, that got Going... watered down. That got watered down to the health of the mother, and all of a sudden it became yep. mental stress of having the child, or a yeah. headache, or any discomfort. The health. So that's right. that's a, you know. No, it has to be terminal. Terminal, yes. (laughs) And the the way they're going about it now, especially the president and Pocahontas and all the rest, they're inciting violence against the pro-life. We got to we got to figure out a different name for 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 Warren, Um, because I like Pocahontas. She 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 was a great woman in American history, and I don't want I don't want to ruin that name. (laughs) So, well, the whole thing is she was supposed to be Pocahontas. Yep. I can deal with folk okay, well, you can get yeah. over that. <laughs> I, I'll get over it. Darn it. I, I'll just have to get over it. I got it. Okay. All right, guys. You take it easy. Bye now. All right. All right. Add talk because I got to get over this. All right. Just I got to get over it. <laughs> well, you know, we were talking about the uh, inherent right to an abortion in the Constitution it being overturned. And uh, actually, I've, that's probably going to be the second half of my show. I've. If Joe doesn't call and totally distract the conversation otherwise, it's like, you know, how worried are the left about our constitutional rights that are in plain sight? And I don't want to talk about it now because I don't want to, you know, screw up my show later. I can guarantee right now Joe is Googling how to grow eggplants (laughs) in sandy soil so he can call your show. I'm just telling you. (laughs) Yeah, Phil. You're muted, Phil. So, you know, you're doing this whole gust of Marcel Marceau right now, and uh, we're enjoying watching it, but the radio audience cannot hear a word of your mime. Okay. I was just wondering if I'm the only one, because I haven't heard anybody on any platform go on about the rights of 
the unborn child. That's what I I, I can't understand. That he's uh, he or she is just a afterthought, like the yep. afterbirth, because the 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 Constitution mentions uh, that infant in there, even though it's not directed right to him, but it says equal protection under the law. And it says that the government should protect uh, those who can't protect themselves. So I and agree. And as I said, it should be a human rights issue. When I was in the medical field, and folks, believe it or not, I, I used to be in the medical field. I used to actually take care of people medically. That should scare, scare you about the medical system in this country. But when I was in there, we learned something called triage, okay? I want you to understand what this word means. It means when you have more than one injured person or if you have more than one injury, you triage and you take care of them in the right order, right? And... In triage, if you have two patients and one is going to die and one is going to live, you take care of the one that you know will live. So in the case of the mother, if one or the other is going to die, the mother is alive. You know that. There's no guaranteeing of the survival of the infant if you take, you know, take it in the abortion. So you make the decision, the triage, medical triage decision to save the mother. That's common sense in medical triage. What you're talking about is human rights, and that triage goes along. You have to make decisions medically. But we have lost fact that this is a human rights issue and that child in the womb is a human. Even according to the medical books at, at the libraries of the medical schools that says these, right from the very beginning, they say where the sperm meets the egg, they say it's a human in the earliest form of development, which means everything is there. The DNA is there. Everything there is there to end up with a 90-year-old person walking down the street yelling at the kids to get off the grass. The DNA is there for it, right? So it's a human rights issue, and I see where you're coming from. It shouldn't be a states' rights issue. It should be a human rights issue that these are children that are living. If there comes a point medically where triage has to be done, well, then you train to triage that situation. That's all I am saying. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense, but... Uh like I said, it doesn't make sense to someone that wants their way <laughs> on the, the situation. Line. Yeah, you know, I mean, so, so that that's how come. But 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 it it in the Constitution it would be mentioned uh, more than one place. Whereas, what I do like about what I do like about even though I don't like the Dobbs decision the way it came down, I think they should have said no. This is a human human rights issue. Unfortunately, it wasn't fought that way with the court, so it wasn't going to come that way from the court, all right? Um, what I do like about it is it's raising a question that got lost in the debate a long time ago. The question has come back, and it's the left bringing the question back. And they're doing it, and they don't understand that we are training people how to deal with this. And that question is, is when does life begin? And as long as that's the question, we have ground in which we can communicate to them and show them that they are totally arbitrary in their decisions. And the fact is, is since they're arbitrary and we are sitting firm on a point um, that we can defend, and that is at conception, I can defend that life starts at con conception without bringing up my faith. You know, everyone says, well, you're trying to force your religion on me. No, 
This is not a religious argument. If it was just a religious argument, then you're protected by the First Amendment. This is not a religious argument. This is a human argument, a humanity right. argument. You're also protected under equal protection. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I'm, what I'm saying. And more than one place is that child protection mentioned, whereas abortion is nowhere at all in there. And... and and part of that That's is because you're not a lawyer. <laughs> a <part laughs> yeah, that, good point. A part of that could fall into this one little thing: is when when one does uh, one does a person become an American? The Constitution only protects American citizens, correct? Our Constitution is only there for citizens, American citizens, right? Uh, yes or no? I don't know. Uh, I've heard both. I've heard both, and I frankly believe that a constitution enumerates rights uh, of the people. And so the people who are here, I believe their rights. In other words, I don't think that just because somebody's an immigrant and they're not a citizen, that they don't have a right to uh, uh, not have Supreme the government Court. Supreme Court's already army, said. army members in their houses, you know, or they, they lose the right, right to self uh, uh, to protect themselves from self-incrimination, you know. But on so I don't know. Rights, the, the Supreme Court has, on a number of different issues, come down and said, "Hey, the Constitution. There, we can only extend the Constitution within the boundaries of the citizens of the United States." Now wait, and wait, I, stop. I know what's going on here because I remember this now with Guantanamo, and that's why there's Guantanamo, because Guantanamo is not on you know national property, US, so to speak. And so they could do what they want to do at Guantanamo or in the, you know, the black areas. Yeah. But they can't. You can't treat non-citizens differently here in the continental United States. Except or even you can. Hawaii. There are institutions where I'm going on this where you can. For okay. example, I'll give you one. Can can someone born outside of this country that did not have American parents born outside of this country can they run for president? No, they can't. Unless you're Obama. Okay. Okay. There are some instances where the Constitution fully just covers those that are born here. The idea of a naturalized versus, uh, you know, born here or if you've been given a green card and then become a citizen. Uh, if a child is born over here, if you have someone cross over the border, for, let's say from Mexico, and she is pregnant and she has a child here in the United States. What does that child have U.S. citizenship? Under the Constitution, yes, that child does have citizenship because that child was born over here. We don't have to like that rule. That's just the rule that's in place, right? So the child while it's in the womb is not protected until it's born over here. That's there, there are some loopholes in there that takes the protection away from the child while it's yet in the room, and it loses some constitutional protection. There are some constitutional laws that protect every door. For example, they can't come busting through the door without a warrant. That's just the rules. But there are some, some things that when you're born over here, you get additional rights as citizens over here. Like we can vote. But then again, if you live in California, it doesn't matter if you are a citizen or not. You can, you can be dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about the fact that there, it used to be a felony to illegally enter the United States and they changed it to uh, to not be a felony? 
And but if they didn't change it, the they case, ignored it. Yeah, but if that was the case, if you if they still had it where it was a felony to come into the enter the United States illegally, then you could give them different treatment because of the fact that they were a felon. And and it's in the Constitution that you can deny things to felons like yeah. voting, like uh there's you things know, you can do you can do for people that are over here illegally that you can deny them things on. It's yeah, just because they're not they're not protected by the this, Constitution this, under this, everything. This group of people under this administration do not, you know, make any difference. Anybody and everybody is coming across that border. Well, yeah. It seems and, to and me that somebody not, should be able to charge this administration with violating the oh. the. the you know, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that statement where I was saying you can't. Here, here's the thing is uh, there, there's laws on the book that makes it illegal for them to cross over. That's why they're called illegal. OK, mm. uh, <laughs> illegal aliens. They're coming over here illegally. And there are laws on the book that if enforced would make sure they don't come in here. Problem is, is who is enforcing that? Trump tried. And then he got the election stolen from them. And next thing we see is droves of people coming up to cross over the border because we are now ignoring our own laws. We have a government that's ignoring our own laws. They think it's okay to ignore the laws. For example, we have, we have people in a lot of states saying if they outlaw uh, abortion, we won't enforce those laws. Don't we have government officials that take an oath to protect the laws of the, of the state or the government. And yet if they don't like it, they pick and choose what they will or will not enforce. So and, we, and we make up, it's called make lawlessness. Up. It's called lawless. You asked me before this, why would this, you know, about judgment of the state? We are, we are a country that's a lawless country. Our government officials are deciding which laws they want to what they, which laws they want to uh, protect and which laws they don't. If they don't like the law, they don't protect it. If they like the law, they, well, then uh, they, they enforce it. But, uh, and, but I think that there's a, a two-tiered system where people like Donald Trump get, I mean, just get lambasted with different laws. And, and Joe Biden can walk away with just ignoring the law. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to Biden's America. Hey, we got we got a call. He's been waiting on patiently, and, and I'm getting reminders over that he's there and still waiting. So, hey, put on your seatbelts, folks. It's Walter. How you doing, Walter? Doing good. Likewise, guys. Um, hey, get out your Bibles and uh, congregation for the reading of the word. Stand up while you're doing it. <laughs> That's what Pastor Rick and all these pastors always tell us to do, even though we also like standing up. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I got a couple. Of, I got I throw in jumping jacks and sit-ups into that. <laughs> I got a scripture that leads into my my point. I'm going to make that I told Derek, and you guys are well familiar with it. Uh, a lot of things we say, whether political, or whatever, uh, political, uh, morally or spiritually or financially, or whatever, it's got to line up with scripture as far as I'm concerned. What you guys do line up with scriptures every time you talk. But a fresh reminder. Proverbs 6, verse 16 and 17. Uh, no, lead it to 18. I'll go real quick. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Okay. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, the six things they hate, but yes, there's seven that he hates. 
abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, that's Obama and a Biden. Um, all the Democrats. Hands that shed, this is the one, head, hands that shed innocent blood. And before they do it, this is what they have in their hearts, a heart that devises wicked plans. We are a culture of death. Our president yep. is, is, Purdue, is promoting every Democrat leader, congressperson, starting from the president, uh, promoting a culture of death. But yet, in the same breath, these lying hypocrites are trying to capitalize off these latest murders, mass murders and shootings. When they have produced, they, they never they never think that they have promoted some of this stuff where these heartless people go out and murder people. But yet in the same breath, they can have a rib dinner or a fish dinner or whatever they like the most for the daily staples. They can eat and watch a baby be murdered and we need to think nothing hey, of it and go on and live Walter, their lives. Walter, uh, that's the music starting. I have to cut you off there. Me, Thank you for the scripture. I, like I always enjoy you reading. Uh, folks, it's been great being back. Uh, have a blessed week. I look forward to talking to you again next week here on A Moment of Clarity. You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio, 